Hey everyone, it's Tom here. Welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. Today we are going to be revisiting Metallica's instrumentals. You know, there's a lot of bands out there that do instrumentals and you do sort of scoff, you do feel like they're treading water, but, uh, you know, not so much the case in terms of the boys here. I don't need to tell you that songs like Orion and Anesthesia are you know, Cthulhu delivers to, to livers to die. Suicide less so, but we'll get to that. You know, those four are, uh, you know, stone cold classics. And we're going to unpick those. We're going to celebrate those. I mean, any excuse to go back and listen and make notes and discuss is uh, always a good excuse in my book. So just before we get to that, just before we get to the guest as well, of course, you can follow the show at MetallicaPod on Twitter. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, like my guest did today. If you want to, you know, explore a certain avenue of the band, I'm always down to chat, so reach out to me on there. Patreon is there. If you enjoy the show, you can basically help to fund the show. It's a little pay-per-view for Alpha Metallica. Uh, at the time of this going out, episodes like Year and a Half in the Life Metallica uh, would have been on the Patreon, and also my solo exploration of all the boys appearances on soundtracks you know anything from early weird mtv video games to um uh what else the homicide life on the street and sopranos and you know wherever uh metallica pop up wherever they may roam on their uh licensing deals so uh yeah you can hit us up on there as well uh leave us a review on itunes tell a friend spotify all that good stuff but uh not just myself today all the way from oz scott joins me scott how's it going Good, mate. Yourself? Very well. Uh, you know, the mad time difference. You know, I, I'm recording yeah. this, as I say, on a, on a you know, very, very wet, windy Birmingham morning. You're there on a, on, a, on a Saturday evening. But one of the things that unites most of the human race is a deep love of Metallica. And where, where did that begin for you? Do you remember first hearing the band? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, it was the Unforgiven uh, music video. Mm. Um, on one of our early morning uh, music video shows in Australia. Um, probably been about 10 or so. So I, I, rec- I recall seeing that. Um, and then uh, obviously got into the band a little bit later after that. So maybe a year or two when I started high school. Um, started getting into the, the back the, the back catalog mm-hmm. and became obsessed ever since and uh, am i right in thinking that this led to you starting to play bass like because of cliff primarily that's right yes yes cliff definitely uh, you know through the years yeah, yeah, that was, that was a... i mean yeah who, who can't be influenced by cliff but like going through the years as a metallica fan like um you know you clearly been into band for a long time have you ever wavered have there ever been any periods where you've been like look i just i just can't deal with this reload crap like um no well load was the first album that came out that was that i um experienced as as it came out so um i i guess when you're that young you don't you're not aware of genres and and things like that it it just it just seemed normal when when load came out Mm -hmm. to me um even saint saint anger i was totally fine with that that seemed like a normal normal thing a, a normal progression for the band but um it's obviously not not my favourite, as long as along with some some other people. But um, yeah. And uh, you know, today, I mean, you brought the idea of doing the instrumental tracks as a collective to me. Yeah. And uh, you know, what what is that? What is it about these songs? You know, that appeals. I mean, I mean, we're going to go in depth on each one, but like generally, you know. Yeah, I think each instrumental. Um, is it, 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 they they kind of um, symbolize the albums to to me anyway like mm. the especially the um, lightning puppets justice yes albums um, yeah just kind of en- encapsulate encapsulates the sound the the whole um, the whole journey of of each album I think they just um, almost like a like the self-titled tracks on on the albums, they they just really um, encapsulate what what is what is in each album. Mm-hmm. So you know, we begin with bass solo, take one.
anesthesia, which, you know, we've spoken about it before on the show in various episodes. I I personally am in love with this track and I find new things every time I revisit it. But I've spoken to some people who wrongly in my eyes, but, but they feel this way. They feel it's a bit of a masturbatory exercise. Uh, They can't seem to sort of hear through the notes. If you know what I mean, they just, they just think it's noodling where I think, you know, conceptually, compositionally, this is a pretty complex piece of music. Yeah, definitely. Especially the first half. That's, I can, I can see how you could say perhaps the, sure. the second half when, when, when the drums come in, it does kind of, it is in that noodly, soloy mm-hmm. type. Um, kind of like live showpiece. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, sort of. But, but the, the, the first half, definitely not. It's, that's like a, like a classical piece. It really is. And, you know, the so we get the sort of um, the, the fuzz uh, coming in and then it's got this kind of searching nature with a do 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 the classic arpeggios. You know, we covered yeah. this on our episode of Mega Histories um, when Cliff was learning with his teacher, I think, in Reseda. And, you know, they would go over lots of these kind of, um, you know, more antiquated ideas musically in the sense of history. And, you know, really... You could almost imagine, I don't know about you, I can imagine like maybe the intro of this, like the da 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 that building, being like, I don't know, Debussy or Mozart, or if there was an orchestra behind it, you know, it's only when the wah comes in that you realise that this is actually yeah. a, a, a thrash thing. And that's such a glorious brashness, isn't it? That juxtaposition between uh, that build there and just wah, just throwing that in. I love it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, the... Um... In a start, it's 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 like uh, a lot like uh, is it Moonlight Sonata by, mm-hmm, by Bach. Mm-hmm. It's like follows that that sort of progression, that that side of yeah, that sort of arpeggiated um, chords, and yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. It has at once a jammy, loose feel. You know, there's no backing uh, until we get into the drums, as you say. But it's also quite curious and 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 disciplined, and we have kind of you know, rock guitar mechanics with like the legato sequences and also quite searching lines, you know, the melody kind of turns and coils and, and, and retreats and then grows legs. And I, the, I don't know, there's something so personal about this beyond any other of the instrumentals. You really feel like you're hearing like, you know, the inner cliff in these opening moments of anesthesia. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, there's um, there's a sort of small pause about two ten in, and then the drums come in, and then we get into like you say, kind of the more kind of pyrotechnic kind of ideas. And Cliff is just, I mean, again, there's so you know, I've heard so many bass solos. Like Michael Anthony did one on the Van Halen DVD, and I love Michael Anthony, but it's kind of just playing riffs with the drums and whatever. But this is like straight up lead playing, but still rhythmic, still drawing deep, and, and, and you know, pulling notes out. And, um, you know, especially, like, towards the end, there's, like, tapping and gasping and, like, I don't know, it's a wild journey, anesthesia. Yeah, it is. So the the second half, and I've, and I've, I've heard, and I'm sure you have as well, that it, he did he did a few takes. Okay. Um, and it was complete, completely different every time. But little licks do show up in the live show. So I think he had a few bits and pieces that he, that he liked and liked to play and then just improvised at the same time and just uh, just filled in, in in between these little spots that he had. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I should I should know this really. I do a bloody Metallica podcast, but I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why it's called anesthesia pulling teeth. Like if I was to sort of just hypothesize, you know, some of the it kind of almost feels like a kind of dental drill, I guess, if you're going to go in that direction. But I guess I guess it's just a name, isn't it? It's just a fitting name. Yeah, I've. I've I've wondered that also. I've 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 never found an answer to that, but yeah, I can see some parallels to you know, getting your, your teeth ripped out. Yeah, maybe Cliff had early dreams of being a dentist. I don't I don't know. Maybe he's kind of <laughs> living there. Quite possibly. Uh, quite possibly not yeah, though maybe. as well. And uh, and yeah, towards the end as well, we get more experimental noise and kind of feedback washes and the whimpering and the caterwauling and there's some great sounds, isn't there? That end the song, some real shrieking stuff. Yeah, so the the very end, I've heard it's um, it's Cliff running his fingernails down the oh, okay. down the strings, like a pick slide from um the the e, e string and D string, I think, mm-hmm. while cranking the wah just to get those um that that noise just before 
Whiplash comes in. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 a perfect introduction. And uh, yeah. have you seen the S&M 2 version that recently got released, Scott Pingle? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've watched just, it a few times. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it, it, it's so wonderful just to see what... I'm pretty sure Anesthesia had its roots in when Cliff was in trauma, and this would be something that you know he would sort of put into the set, and you can hear a lot of licks uh, going in and out of that. So this is his party piece, yeah. as it were, and yeah, uh, you know, it's great. It's great, yeah. It's it, 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 yeah. <laughs> Again, all of these songs are great, people. You 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 know this. You, you know you know Anesthesia is wonderful, and it's just kind of testament to how much they love the guy from the off that they were willing. Not only to throw an instrumental in the album that he wrote, but one that's essentially a solo instrumental, not like the later ones we're going to get into, and also put it in the middle of the record. You know, like it's not like it's at the end, like Call of Cthulhu. Not that they were putting Call of Cthulhu at the end because they were ashamed of it or anything, but, you know, a lot of time you do encounter instrumentals towards the end of an album where, you know, whatever, it's tapering off. But it's front and centre anesthesia. Metallica loved it and wanted people to listen to it. Yeah, that's right. That's, um, yeah, it. it, it... It's 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 such a uh, not a weird choice, but it's sat right in the middle of Kill 'Em All. So you've yeah. got um, Whiplash straight after it, and this kind of semi uh, symphonic classical bass solo piece. Um, yeah, there's so by, by Whiplash. It's crazy. Yeah, it it is, and there's like there's so many genres you could throw at Anesthesia. Like you, you know, it's thrashy, it's proggy, it's classical. There's even some, you know, some blues in there as well. There's some, like, abstract experimental elements. And all of this tied into a song that isn't even that long. Like, it's the shortest Metallica instrumental. It's 4 minutes 15. You know, it's just kind of an average song length. It whizzes by. Uh, Again, I love the section with the drums when they come in as well. I just, I love that there's kind of two sides to it. There's the light and shade, which is, you know, very much Cliff. The more experimental beginning and the more just, you know, straight ahead. But, you know, bowling ball on your shoulders, head banging, sort of, you know, windmilling kind of idea. So um, yeah. that's uh, that's anesthesia. I mean, any any final thoughts on the, on this first one? Uh, no, no. I think I, th- I think we've we've covered that. Everything mm-hmm. about that. And again, I should say, people, um, you know, obviously, if you enjoy these discussions, go back and check out the old Alf Metallica episodes. Anesthesia Killing Teeth was with my good friend John Moore, actually, who uh, I just saw yesterday. We just hung out yesterday and played some board games. And uh, we discussed that track, which was, I think it's, because obviously it's A, so I think it was like the fifth episode of the show, very early episode of the show. Pushing forward now, onto Ride the Lightning, onto... Just an astonishing track here, Call of Cthulhu. I mean, talk to me, Scott, about Call of Cthulhu. What, what does this song mean to you? Yeah, okay. So, first out, so, um, and so, yeah, it's the first instrumental that I was introduced to. Um, this is like Cliff, Cliff is why I started bass. This song is mm-hmm. why I started playing bass um yeah it just has a real special place with me yeah i just just absolutely love it I mean, yeah, listening to it this morning, um, slightly hungover as well. It took on a, a particular <laughs> resonance. But, yeah, the intro, those arpeggios, it just seems like some almost secret language, you know. Um, it's just very enticing, very magical. Uh, the wind blowing through, it could be cheesy, yeah. but I think it actually really works. Yeah, I think it works. It's yeah. really fine. It, I, it, I think it's great, yeah. And it's like, you know, you talk about this being your introduce, introduction to like, you know, bass and, and, and instrumentals and stuff like that. For me, this song was my instru- introduction to Lovecraft and kind of weird literature, yep. like because I'd known the song for years, um, just, you know, as a teenager or whatever. And then when I was a little bit older, getting into books and on Amazon, you always get, you might like, you may be interested in. I think I was reading some Poe at the time. And they were like, you may be interested in Lovecraft, uh, The Call of Cthulhu and other stories. I was like, what? I was like... This is a thing. Like, I just thought it was just something Metallica had come up with. Obviously, they spell it slightly differently and then bought that yeah. and then got into that and then, and then went into this different direction. But, um, you know, as an instrumental, 
it anticipates uh, stuff like To Live Is To Die and Suicide and Redemption, which we'll get to, where with Cthulhu, it's kind of, it's a giant riff, isn't it? The song is built around, da 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 burner, like it's built around that turn for the most part, but it never really gets boring. Like the riff is so evocative. And I think part of that is just, it's a great riff. And also Cliff underneath, right? I mean, the heavy lifting he does, the the, the burbling, the gargles. I can't get enough of it. I, again, it, like anesthesia, you just hear something new each time when you're listening. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, um, it, I guess it's, this is probably the most symphonic um, mm. piece that they've done. And maybe that's why that's, that's been so well suited to, to SNM and that's why they chose that. But um, yeah, it, it, it just sounds like it was written for the symphony. It's just um, that, that kind of arrangement, that kind of feel, um, that kind of structure. Um, it's just a bit more classical than, than the other two. Um, oh, other three. In, in my opinion yes oh no no certainly and i think particularly the end uh as well yeah. feels very yeah. out of the kind of saxon maiden playbook that you know feels very andrew lloyd webber type type yeah, there. Yeah, um definitely. you know and yeah. then we end with one sort of final smash but but yeah we have you know the intro with the arpeggios which then give way to the dung 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 like you like the, you know cliff kind of lurking there which is so evil sounding and, and, and menacing and you know i can't help but just imagine like you know uh, lovecraftian kind of uh, beasts lurking the guitar solo i have to say as well in this song from kirk is outstanding i mean he really shines on these instrumental tracks he really seemed to kind of go up a gear and there's a certain way that the solo explodes and it goes into these like it dips into like these dissonant, you know, they almost sound kind of out of tune, but they're just perfect. Like they, they sound very monstrous. Like, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, this song takes my breath away. It's much, much longer than anesthesia. Obviously it's almost nine minutes, It's eight minutes, 53, but I would never say it outstays. It's welcome, Scott. I think it, it justifies every second. Yeah. So with, we might get to it later, but, um, when we get to it, maybe one of the other instrumentals feels a bit bloated, perhaps. Okay, I, I hope, I hope we think about um... the same one, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there, yeah. <laughs> I think we if, you, if you dare but, say, um, if yeah, you say Orion is bloated, I will go crazy. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> um, yeah, I, there's, you know, I, I couldn't even find anywhere that you could trim off 10 seconds of this song. I think it's just perfectly arranged and perfectly executed i think mm. it's yeah just a great song yeah for for a song that's almost nine minutes it, it doesn't it's it there's there's not one one boring note like no it's, no it's, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're absolutely isn't and uh you know eight tracks on ride the in eight fantastic songs and i just you know it the track is a monster unto itself really and i love the end as well i love the uh, there's the kind of final movement we get that chord that weird kind of mysterious chord and then it's the bum and then the harmonies coming in it's just this kind of cataclysmic finale the earth splitting open like and 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 cliff again throughout is not just content to underscore with root notes he really is just you know, in the weeds down there, in the marshes, uh, just kind of these feedback squalls and hazes. And um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) another marvellous track and just a a song that marked Metallica out, you know. It was just like, oh yeah, we can write anthems, like no problem, like bells, ride, whatever. But we've also got this up our sleeve. Like We're also just as adept at crafting these majestic beatdowns like i mean call of cthulhu what a masterpiece right yeah exactly yeah so almost almost the same as what anesthesia was to kill them all this i think you know you've got you've got fate to black you've got um the intro to to fight fire but i think this is just a, another step above those just going outside the the, the realm of um like thrash or heavy metal like it's mm. it's crazy for such such young guys for their, their second album yeah writing this kind of music I, yeah yeah that yeah. the still stands up like you mentioned before like snm obviously it was on snm 2 as well they opened it and it's just as i've said a few times in snm like review episodes we've done and stuff there's kind of two camps really there's you know 
we're going to underscore the riffs with timpanis and kind of play what you're playing, or we're going to use the song as a canvas and just go in a different direction, which, you know, they, they did. Like, Michael Kamen, holy hell, like, his arrangement of Call of Cthulhu and just the... It adds so much. Like, it really does. Uh, it's not a different song, but it's just kind of a, just an upgrade to a certain extent. Um, yeah. You know, they're kind of different entities. Yeah. But for me... I don't know how you feel. I mean, we can rank them towards the end, but I would say Orion is the best metallic instrumental. Where do you stand on that? Um, so <sighs> might come down to kind of semantics. I, I've, I think to live is to die is my favorite, but mm. I would concede that Orion is the best. If yes. That makes sense. No, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's just to that. Well, that's just, just lately um, just really been big on justice. And I've, I've always loved to, to live is to die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um yeah i just i just can't get enough of it at the moment no 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 and yeah favorite. it's just i mean how, how can you not hear it as an elegy and and i even though orion was recorded before cliff's death there are certain sections that just i can't help but but think of him when i hear them and and, and hear it in retroactively yep. in remembrance so you know with all the cliff instrumentals of which orion is the final one in the sense that he was there in the studio recording it um the, the bass is so important in all of them obviously anesthesia but you know in cthulhu it's doing a lot of work underneath the hood and then in orion it's front and center yet again what do you make of the intro to orion that kind of ambient grumble that comes in and then the drums as well uh yeah it's 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 preceding the the first half of the song so mm-hmm. it's um so showing showing what's to come so it's um yeah it's just just a really uh just great it's a bit bit weird uh chord chord progression yeah essentially yeah so yeah it's 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 awesome so it's um so i've, I've, I've read a few things about um about that riff and um, Cliff actually recording it. I think they had a demo. I think it was a keyboard at the start. Yes, on yep. the demo, and then um, yeah, Cliff just um, doing these really cool, cool harmonies to get that um, that chord progression and that that sound. Mm-hmm. And just the notes. I mean, so simple, really, just like three or four notes, but such power, yep. such sustain. Yep. You know, it really feels part of the firmament. Like, um, and it's it's an interesting kind of dichotomy where it opens with the bass growing, growing, and then the drums slowly creep in, and then the drums almost take over, and you can still hear the bass, but the drums are there, and then drums get taken over by the riff, the main yep. Orion riff. Which, oh my god, it just drops in such precision, such tightness. The switch up from the, you know, I'm not going to try and get too technical, I'm trying to even think myself here, but the switch up from the sort of the chugging of the E down into the B, it's such a tight, such a tightness, such a veracity, you know, they, they languish on the riff as well. Um, and, uh, you know, as we say, Cliff is always there. Like, what do you make of the da-da-da-da-dun, and you can hear the bass, like, I think if that Cliff line was on guitar, it wouldn't sound as good. Like, there's something about the tone of that bass that really complements that section well, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Um, so, not only is, was Cliff really good at um, writing and performing, but he was he was so good at getting these sounds. And yeah, yeah like you said, that 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 sound, oh, it just um, it it has to be there, and it, it just makes the part. Mm-hmm. And you know, on so many of these instrumentals, Kirk will do in the kind of second verse, as it will, he will do a sort of melody line or dialogue, you know, building up, really brewed to perfection. I mean, think about like Fate Black, he was doing stuff like this, Sanitarium, etc. 
Um, and then we sort of crash down into the middle section, which might be my favourite piece of Metallica music, full stop. Um, you know, right. the mantra-like cliff bass riff. Uh, then it, you kind of have these celestial harmonic twinkles before they pull into my eyes the ultimate Metallica guitar harmony. Um, and this is where I think of Cliff. And, like, I remember seeing a video of them. It might have been Australia, like, Big Day Out or something like that. But it, yeah. was, the, it was them playing Orion, and they nailed it. And all the comments were saying, you know, they were saying like you know they put like the timestamp like six minutes in James is thinking of Cliff and Kirk is checking up on him or whatever I'll have to put a link to this but basically it's them doing Orion it's yeah. them doing this bit doing the harmonies and James is playing it and James is just like staring into the stars like in his own world and Kirk like looks yeah. over at James very lovingly and you can kind of tell that obviously James is thinking about Cliff in this moment and I don't know you know I, I'm clearly just sort of positing this but I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way but it does have this kind of I don't know kind of elegiac memorial kind of element to it doesn't it and with cliff underneath doing this line and these two harmonies dueling on the top it's just you know it's pretty it's pretty breathtaking actually yeah yeah definitely and i've i've uh, i've seen the same comments on various um yes live performances um so it seems at, at the same part um kirk will come over and 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 uh check up on james yeah. or yeah, or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's uh, it's it's lovely. Yeah, it's very touching. And um, then uh, just the, the, like when it the the lines break up, na 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 na, like it feels very regal, very sacred, you know, an appeal uh to to the muses. Yeah. Um, and then breaking from that in because it's like what I love is there's lots of kind of interesting rhythm stuff going on as the harmony lines are playing. And then when we get to Cliff solo very respectfully there's just chords being thrashed underneath to give him space um what do you make of cliff solo because remember as a kid hearing it and not kind of knowing what was going on i was like is this a guitar is this you know what i mean it's kind of it just sounds so different but again they bloody give the guy solo and he knocks it out of the park yeah yeah same it it took me a while because i i had the the bass books and Mm. there was no solo in the in the bass tab books oh Oh, interesting no no, no bass solo. So, and then it only uh, sort of worked it out a bit later. So that's definitely not a guitar. That that sounds like a really distorted, high up bass. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure you've you've heard the story as well of um, Kirk had written something similar for for that section and wasn't in the studio that day. And Cliff came in and um, snaked his solo. Mm, okay, I didn't. No, I never heard that actually. That's interesting. Yeah. All oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Kirk, Kirk was supposed to do two two parts. So the the first one, which he does, which is a really good solo as well. Mm-hmm. And then when it drops down that um, that one step, um, Kirk was going to keep going, but Cliff, um, I think, took some of the the lead lines and, and turned it into into his his bass solo. Yeah, I, I remember in the Back to the Front book, there's a story of Cliff bringing the mixes back to um, his father, Ray, and his mother, Jan. And he was just so hyped that they were using his harmonies in the song. And they were, like, dancing to it. Because it does have a kind of a waltzy element to it. There's, um, you know, there is a kind of a, a restraint and an elegance there. Eight, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, and they're really cool cool harmonies as well. They're not your typical, you know, just, just playing a third higher. They're uh-huh. actually um, lower harmonies, which is, yeah, just 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 really cool and um not not what um normal metal bands do no 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 i mean yeah so much with metallica is that there are those just on the outside of those kind of influences and um yeah the solo itself as well very cliff you know very legato heavy bends but still anchored in that melody it pretty much immediately goes into a harmony line after a little bit of flashy lead playing it's brief you know, it's like 15 seconds or something. If that, it just kind of happens. And then we move on to the next piece, but I really like it. It works very well to introduce the final section of Orion, which again has one of my all-time favorite Kirk solos. Like, I just love the final Orion solo. It's just, it's really splintered, uh, you know, and gnarled and crushing, but also quite melodic still, uh, you know, in that in, in his wheelhouse. And I love it. And um, the song fades out. What how, What do you think of songs that fade out? Because Cthulhu ends, you know, big, so fuck you, whatever, big bulge in the crotch. Yeah. But 
Orion is very soft, and the song sort of just continues, you know, and you're sort of just listening, and it's kind of the door closes. Like, what would you make of the end of Orion? Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I don't know what else you would do with, with, with that riff and yes. and, and trying to finish it. Um, so yeah, it comes in. Um, the the drums ramp up. Kirk has his, um, you know, kind of fast solo, uh-huh. and yeah, it fades out. I, I think it's perfect. I, I. Don't know what else you, you would. You no, no, no. The um, no, yeah. The, the riff just has this kind of endless quality. So yeah, it would be a bit more difficult um to just kind of just yeah, yeah. Just slap slap a power chord on the end or something. Yeah, it, it wouldn't seem quite as uh, as reverent as it is. So we get now to uh your favorite, maybe not your best, but certainly your favorite, um, uh, and one that yeah. you know holds a place in every Metallica fan's heart for many reasons. To live is to die. Break this down for us, Scott. Like, because there's, there's a lot going on in this track. Yeah, sure. So the the intro, um, mm. I could listen to that intro on it. Yeah, to, yeah. To I'm crazy for that intro. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, intro on. Uh, it's like a Spanish yeah guitar. Um, kind of kind of feel. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and then. It, the, the main riff enters um, so that that comes in and um, if I if if I, if I didn't know I would not say that this main riff was a was a cliff riff I would have thought everything else would have been but mm-hmm. um yeah apparently cliff loved walking around with his acoustic guitar um, tuned down to, to C sharp just just playing this riff yeah yeah, no, it's uh, it, it it makes sense, and just again, there's just something quite mystical about the intro. Um, something so tasteful. I love the do 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 the 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 low. I didn't really do that justice there, but the the low sort of slides um, that happen in the riff uh, are beautiful and really give a kind of almost like a death march sort of feel. I can almost imagine like Godfather Two opening with "To Live Is to Die." Like it just it just has that sort of feel to it. Then the crunch comes in, the monotonous fud of reality, uh, the boom boom. Boom, 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 boom. Like, it really, you know, it's just taking no prisoners there. Again, Kirk has that, Kirk has certain lines over the top, but I don't know about you, but Kirk's solo as well. Good God. He wrenches so much out of those bends. Like, you really, it's real a cathartic thing for him, you feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a, he's got a, he does a, like a, a uh, like a kill switch um, yes. type um, thing. And yeah, it's just like a real, Real bluesy solo um, suits suits the riff perfectly. I think it's a great solo. It's not not his not the not the best solo, but I think it really um, lends lends to this song yes. and this piece and this riff. Uh, yeah, no, it's really ser- well. it serves it fantastically. Um, and the song, you know, like Tulu as mentioned before, it's built around this kind of giant, you know, slouching to Bethlehem beast of a of a, of a riff. This uh, this kind of appeal to the audience. Um, then moving into the slower section, which is, you know, obviously explicitly dedicated to Cliff. Uh, thoughts on this? Um, this could be my favourite Metallica section. Ah. I think. Okay. I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like it's... To, it's just so 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 emotive so um uh yeah i i just love it yeah it's um yeah sorry yeah no it is it's just kind of i love the choice to fade out as like the actual tone of the guitar is completely different it feels like almost in a different uh, dimension uh, and then you have the the swoons and the swells coming in and uh the the poem read over the top as well and uh, what what do you think of that? That that you know that was clearly a choice of them to 
immortalize these words and kind of make their purpose known like um do, does does it work for you hearing hearing james read over the riff yeah yeah it's fine i you know if it if it wasn't there it, it'd still be great i don't um i still call it an, an instrumental even though technically there is some 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 talking on there but i think i think it's really nice like um part of it was 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 written by by cliff so i think it's yeah like a nice a nice thing just to to put in there for him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no it is and uh again the crunch returns and then we fade out before returning again back to some very tasty spanish licks and i like the decision to go back into the intro and um yeah. I mean, this song is just wonderful this song was you know really never really played live um, they did it at the anniversary shows. I don't know if I've even done yeah, it since. Yeah, just the once. Yeah, yeah, I think that was just no, kind of a... I haven't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense, yeah. really. makes it more special than just, you know, playing Fuel a million times. I mean, I love Fuel, but, you know, it's... <laughs> to live is to die isn't Fuel. I'm sure, I'm sure no one's getting that confused. So, um, yeah. finally, we had a long break. We didn't get an instrumental on the Black Album, although I have... I don't know if you've heard this. My Friend of Misery apparently was maybe yeah. supposed to be an yeah. instrumental. Um, yeah, I'll, I think Jace, Jason said he hoped that it would be, and I think I think that's as far as it got to, to becoming an instrumental. I think it was just his um, his his hope that it that it would yeah. be. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of if it was, obviously they they'd have to change it a bit because the you know the verse is quite long. But to be fair you could sort of see how it would be one in the solo sections. Like we did, the, remember the episode we did with Matt, like the sort of solo to My Friend of Misery. It's kind of made of four parts. It's kind of, it's, it's chordal sections, a harmony things, actual solo itself. Like there's lots of interesting stuff going on there. But yeah, that wasn't one. Load and reload. I don't think an instrument would make sense on there. You know what I mean? It would have no, to be couched no. in that slightly alternative country, you know, half a step down thing. And, it would it would have to just be a bluesy jam, wouldn't it, if there was to be one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which which two by four kind of you know has long solos in it as well, so I guess people can kind of get their uh, feel from that. Um, you know, I would have liked on Garage Inc. Uh, for them to just cover a classic instrumental. That would have been quite cool because they love instrumentals, and there's loads of great ones from the new wave of British heavy metal. Like something like that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, I never, I never considered that, but yeah, that would have been cool. You know, something like um, uh, Transylvania uh, by Iron Maiden, or um, I'm trying to think of some other instrumentals from back. Maybe Rush. I mean, I know, I know they're quite big Rush fans, but that would, you know, I don't know if that would, that would sound a bit weird to be honest. I'm yeah. they're doing a, a proggy Rush yeah. one. Uh, obviously, Saint yeah. Anger didn't have any. I, you know, again, I would love to hear if they wanted to do something in that direction. You know, but. Again, it, it it was the new metal era. You know what I mean? It was it was down tuning. Yeah. It was that instrumentals were guitar solos, instrumentals, anything that kind of embellished the instrument um, was frowned upon. So we get our first instrumental in you know what, pretty much twenty years um, with yeah. suicide and redemption. I've got to say, Scott. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but. I listened to this, you know, a few times before doing this episode, and obviously an episode on it before. The more I listen to it, the more I'm kind of bored by it. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's very good. I have to be honest. I think the riffs are kind of subpar. I think the comp, it's too long. It's really long. <laughs> Not many parts of it are that interesting. The tones are a bit off. The decisions are a bit weird. Um, I mean, what, what, what do you think about this one? Yeah, same. So it's it's not the it's definitely not the best instrumental, and it's it's not the best um, track on Death Magnetic either. I think they tried to um, go after it to live us to die sort of vibe with that. I think that the main riff mm-hmm. sort of reminds me a little bit of the main to live to die riff um yes definitely and how it's got the 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 a part the b part back to the a part the b part i think 
they get repeated a bit too much. The melodic middle section, it's kind of cool. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Nice solo by James, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't hold a light to the to the others. No, no, unfortunately, they, no. And it, it, again, Death Magnetic in so many ways was a, was a retreat, was a, was a looking backwards. And I like the fact that they put an instrumental in there. I think that's really cool. Um, I think Suicide and Redemption as well, just as a title, is a bit bland compared to all the other titles. Like all the other titles are quite evocative in a certain way, or you know, uh, uh, quite imaginative. Whereas this one just okay, Suicide and Redemption. Yep, sure. Here's some themes that you know all metal bands deal with. Less, yeah. of, less of a journey. I mean, they do seem to be harking back again. Uh, with some of the choices, so you know, like in Orion, like in Anesthesia, um, the bass opens, and you know, we have the gurning, the gurgling, and we have the stabs going into the moment of the which is pretty cool. Again, I hear what you're saying about To Live Is To Die, definitely. Um, I don't really like Kurt's guitar over the top, that it's kind of funky, no. kind of, I don't know, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the, the tone or, or the note choice or something, but again, it, it's Kirk, so he's going to play a variant on the riff, that's cool, you know, Cthulhu, Orion, he nailed it, but here again, they just seem to be copying old trends and falling a little short, you know, and I love Death Magnetic, I think Death Magnetic is one of their best albums, but I just think here perhaps, I don't know, it's weird, they just, they couldn't seem to quite capture what made the original instrumental so engaging. No, that's right. I, I I think it must have been maybe a bit forced, and once you start forcing something, you, yeah, it's it's not natural, and it just won't it won't um naturally evolve. No, and, no, yeah, and it's and that's that's sort of what that sorry. No, no, no. You're, that, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's that that that's sort of what I feel that the album was was like. Like Rick Rubin just trying to get them back to their roots and just really trying to. Um, use specific songs as specific uh, reference points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's almost ten minutes long, which is crazy. Like you know, it's nine minutes fifty eight, and it feels it. Yeah. I mean, Death Magnetic is quite a pun- <laughs> it's a punishing record. It's seventy four minutes, I think. Death Magnetic, ten songs as well. So you know, every song is about six seven minutes at least, and it just kind of. It can become a little bit of an ordeal. I mean, you have My Apocalypse after, which I think is terrific and is worth getting through. But, but yeah, Suicide and Redemption. I mean, you know, let us know, guys, what you think of our opinions. Metallicapod.gmail.com, comment down below, etc. But Suicide and Redemption does leave me um, yearning for something slightly more. I, I don't know if the riffs are that exciting. It almost feels like, you know, people criticised Trivium for, the, for their song The Crusade and uh, saying, oh, because it was an instrumental at the end of their album called The Crusade, which I, I think is a great instrumental. People are like, oh, it, it's just it's just riffs they've thrown together in the studio, you know, it, it doesn't really have a purpose. And this feels a little like that. It feels like there's no real narrative, there's no real through line. James can write a million riffs a day, no problem. And um, I don't know, here's an instrumental. Here's, you know, here's, uh, here's something to listen to. Now, obviously, we didn't get an instrumental on Lulu. <laughs> Um, but again, I would have liked to have heard that. I would have liked to have heard some ambient, you know, fucking madness there. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. No, that would have been cool. But it didn't didn't happen. Uh, Lou Reed, you know, whatever, didn't allow it or, or, or wasn't privy to that. And Hardwired is the latest release at the time of this recording this episode. Of course, there's no instrumental on Hardwired either. Could 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 you imagine one on here? Would that have worked on that album? Um, yeah, I. I could. Um, I don't know if they were to try and make one out of any of the, the riffs or songs that are on, on Hardwired, which mm. one, you know, they could have morphed into to an instrumental, but I, I definitely could see them um, sort of go back to that format, having um, an, an instrumental down at, you know, track eight or so. And yeah. 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 So that, yeah, I mean, um, you know, At- Atlas Rise and stuff like that uh, makes sense as well when it has the more expansive harmony sections and stuff like that. But for the most part, yeah, it doesn't really. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of with Hardwired again, they were going into a slightly different direction. I've always said that I feel Hardwired is kind of a, you know, mix almost between Death Magnetic and Load. Like it just kind of the 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 song ideas were a little tamer, perhaps, and it wasn't going into as many confrontational directions that I like Metallica to go to. But yeah, there's no instrumental on there. Maybe we'll hear an instrumental in the future. I don't know. But the important thing is, we have five of these motherfuckers, and four of them are classics, and one of them's yeah. kind of okay. 
So uh, let, 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 let's go. What, what's your ranking? How would you rank them? Worst to best? Okay. Um, Suicide and Redemption. I mean, yes, yeah, I'm with you there. Yep. Um, I would have to. I would have to say Anesthesia. Next. I think yeah, out of necessity you do, don't you? Yeah, because it's not a song. Yeah. Song, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna have to say Cthulhu, Orion, To Live to Die. Mm-hmm. No, that is a that is a fine list. I'll probably put Livius to die third, personally. Orion first, Cthulhu second. But again, it's neck and neck. You know, yep. it's the, these are yeah stunning, stunning pieces of music. Um, so uh, I guess we'll uh, close with the questions that I normally asked on you know the old song by song routine. But uh, just to get a better picture of you uh, as a fan, Scott, what is your favorite Metallica song of all time? Right. Um, Top of your head, uh, I mean, you know, what comes to mind? Okay. I'll probably, the song that's probably been my favourite for the longest is probably Bells, I would have to say. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that is a just unbelievable track. So many good riffs. Too many. It's like Hetfield. You should have yeah. shared these riffs around. It's like, yeah. you know, there's no right. There's three classics, like, one after the other. Amazing chorus and verse and imagery and... Yeah, bells is bells is stunning. What about um, album by the band? Uh, at the at the moment, I'd I'd say justice, but mm. it's usually swaps between yeah, ride and and puppets. Good, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just faultless, aren't they? Really, truly, yeah, just just right. kind of yeah. I, I just was maddening how good they are it's kind of like you keep listening to them they just give something new to you every day so what about member of the band favorite member uh cliff 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 yeah, yeah jesus it has to be doesn't it yeah 24 <laughs> 24 years old yeah, as well yeah um and I, I was going to bring this up there's there's a bit of a tie from all all the instrumentals and just um cliff has a tie to to all of them um mm. with with the writing and you know with the um uh solos etc um and then yeah to live to die having having his riffs him him writing that big section in orion and the solos in cthulhu and anesthesia yeah yeah no completely it's uh yeah, his his spirit lives on. I mean, I will say, thankfully, he didn't have any part in Suicide and Redemption. Um, although, no. if that if this if if those were cliff riffs all along, don't I look a fool? But I don't believe they were. So uh, I don't think so. No. So let let us know metallicaprodigy.com, your rankings of the instrumentals. Um, you, you mentioned um seeing them live. Have you seen them live, Metallica at all? Yeah, yeah. Um, when, um, when was that? I mean, how many times? Uh, every time they came to Australia, so I think it's four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw them twice in one. So they did Soundwave and then they did their own show. Yeah. Uh, and then also Big Day Out. And I don't think they did their own shows then. But yeah, I think, yeah, four or five times. The first time being uh, 96 when I would have been like 14, 15. Damn. Where, do you remember where that was? Uh, that was uh, Sydney Entertainment Centre. Sydney Entertainment Center. Okay, cool. I just, I just want to uh, get off the set list because I always like looking at these old uh, things, and of course they're always on there for the most part. They are, although this one might not be. But Sydney Entertainment Center. Okay, yeah. Here we go. April. Looks like they did two dates there. April third and fourth. Yeah. So I, I went to the what was supposed to be the first show, which ended up being the second. So that sold out so quick that they did another show, and that was the day before. So I actually went to the second show, that being the the primary show. So I I I too looked up the the set list for those two two shows, and I was sure that I went to the first one, but the songs didn't um, line up to my memory. And then I saw the second show, and that that just refreshed what what the situation was. Yeah, so they, um, yeah they did a acoustic um, for Horsemen, and yes, they did on the on the encore. Yeah, with yeah. Lowman's lyric. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Free encores as well. So that was the first encore. Then they came back for Creepy yeah. Death and Summon. And then they came back for Damage Inc. as the final encore, which is awesome. That's so cool. Horsehead supported them. I mean, who the hell are those? Yeah. Some forgotten band. Yeah, but uh, no still, they, they supported Metallica. Yeah. So that, that's pretty cool. 
So, uh, cool. so um, I guess finally then, if you were to do a podcast like Alf Metallica about a band that you love, what's a band or bands you'd want to cover? Um, I'm a huge fan of The Smiths. Mm. So yeah, there should. Yeah, I, wonder, I, I wonder if there is a Smiths pod. I mean, there must be. The Smiths are massive, but you'd be surprised. Yeah, it doesn't look. I've just googled it. It doesn't look like there is. It looks like there's a few episodes about the Smiths, but there's no yeah, like. But, oh my god, you could do a song by song, the history of Johnny Marr or the Morrissey. I mean, Morrissey he's a podcast onto his own, really. Um, but but yeah, yeah no, that's right. a, a, a Smiths podcast would be fire. Actually, that, I love the Smiths. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, what about yourself? Finally, is there anything you'd like to promote any music or, um, I am doing something, but I'm kind of keeping it under wraps at the moment. So maybe I can get in touch with you a bit later when it's, when it's it's out and yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, again, guys, you can follow us at Metallica pod. Patreon is there. If you enjoy the show, you want to give back your apps, you get access to episodes like this before they come out. This is us going through the instrumentals. We've got lots of cool stuff coming up on the show soon. Uh, I'm going to be going back on Metal at Your Podcast. Basically, I'm going to be starting a new series looking at uh, Metallica's Doodles. So you may have noticed on the Worldwide tour that I guess is technically still going on, Kirk and Rob, you know, two-thirds into the set, James and Lars have a little break, and they play, they jam on a song from the city that has some cultural resonance. And um, you guys know me. You know that I'm into the minutiae more than anything. I love Metallica books and when they've been on soundtracks, and I'm less likely to cover some kind of monster or whatever. So this is me in my bag. So I'm going to be going on uh, Metal Your Podcast. We're going to be doing an episode of that. I'll be doing some stuff on here as well. Uh, SN- SNM2 review. What else do I want to do? I want to do another Mega Histories, maybe on Bob Rock. So go back through the archive. Hundreds of hours of Metallica content there for you. And Scott, thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me.